feel like we should have known this already Were we even taught this at all? Everybody and welcome to Will This Be on the Test. I'm Maddie. I'm Austin. And we're here after these many months to talk about some things we should have learned in school, but didn't learn, didn't learn fully, or didn't learn correctly. And sometimes we talk about well, we can't really do current events because we're trying to get a bunch of stuff like recorded so we can put it out later. I know we're trying something new. Yeah, so first though, I want to mention that the improvements I'd hoped to make over the last several months, such as building the website, did not happen. It turns out website building is not easy, even though I actually do it as part of my job, starting from scratch. I've moved to a new platform. I think it'll help, but it just wasn't working. So hopefully it'll be up soon. The podcast closet is also not done. But in fairness, I have been sick this whole time. Uh, So we're going to try something new, though, because we want to be hip with the youths and also not cover current events because, like I said, we are, like I said, because I'm the only one here, we are recording a few at once. So... So what are we going to try? I think we're going to try what was called influencing, de-influencing. Although influencing yeah, is better. That? Okay, you know what? You know what? I'm de-influencing. De-influencing. It should be influencing you monsters. That is so Learn much more clever. Some wordplay, Gen Z. My God. Okay. In fairness, it's not just Gen Z. It's it's millennials too. Whatever. We're the same thing. <laughs> no, we are not. <laughs> and that broken, is not- broken, sad, and left behind by an uncaring capitalist system. Tomato, tomato. I'll tell you this um, tail end of Gen Z actually like fully understands it. I'm I'm teaching a little bit again, not full time, never again full time, because even though I miss it, and the kids are like, "Fuck capitalism!" I'm like, "Yes, finally they get it." So we're gonna talk about as the D influencers do some popular things that everyone seems to like and want everyone else to like that we don't like. I mean, I think we can go with like the big one especially like in kansas city football no we do not like we do not like football see the thing with football is it's overpriced the concussions the whole like culture around it where people just get really mean and just like the weird like performative patriotism that that has become a huge part of it and let's also uh, mention that it has the second lowest amount of gameplay for length of game Uh, I think baseball actually has the lowest, but the entire, if you were to break down all of the times where they aren't playing, it is something like a total of 15 minutes of actual gameplay. (laughs) And let's not forget that poor kid who dropped down like of a heart attack or similar, like it's scary out there, Mm -hmm. but we do like Super Bowl Sunday when the Chiefs are playing because everything's empty. Yep. It was fantastic. We went around, we went shopping, we went to Target Target was a bust, though. I know. We didn't find anything at Target. Except for Snoop Dogg wine. Yes. And his best friend, Martha Stewart wine. Yes, we bought both of them. Ah, there's a bug. We'll have to handle that again. We get those, like, little ladybug offshoots, and they're the worst. Yeah. All right, so my de-influencing thing that I don't like, I don't like The Bachelor or Bachelorette. (gasps) And now I love some trashy reality TV. We love Love is Blind. We love Hate Perfect Match. 
But there's something that feels super exploitative about The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Well, the thing I hate about it is I cannot tell The Bachelors apart. Like, all of the guys, like, who are in it, it's the same white guy just copy and pasted ten times. And then we have those, like, kind of offensive offshoots that's like, look, all of the girls are slightly large. Or look, you've got a bunch of little people because... The littlest bachelor was ahead of its time. uh, And I'm like, you know what? Can we just have a variety of people in everything? But it just... Everything about The Bachelor and Bachelorette, which I've tried to watch, it's like... It just feels like they're exploiting all of these people, which reality TV just is that, but more so. And it feels very alpha male bordering on incel no matter which show we're on so when you're watching it i'm not judging you for watching it watch it with a critical eye yeah think does this display healthy relationships or maybe watch it with a critical eye and a bottle of martha stewart chardonnay i wonder if martha stewart watches it oh please martha stewart would never watch the bachelor i don't know i think i feel like martha and snoop would have like bachelor nights where they would just sit and drink their own wines and watch it. They watch Drag Race, which you're no longer allowed to do in Tennessee. Jesus Christ. So those are our de-influencings this week. We don't know if for the next one we will be doing de-influencing, but we might. Who knows? Unfluencing. Unfluencing. That is our influence for this week, is changing it to unfluencing. Yeah. I'm, I might even actually make a post about this. It's like, listen, it should be unfluencing. Yeah, and speaking about making posts, we are still on the socials, uh, primarily TikTok. Because I like making TikToks. It is enjoyable for me. And we are less on Twitter, even though that was our primary. Because we do not want to be part of the Elonverse. Eight dollars? No way. Yeah. As if I'm not spending way more than that on this completely zero dollar podcast. Wait, what? Yeah, Austin doesn't know how much money we're spending on this. (laughs) It's actually pretty funny. (laughs) So I'll probably go back to Twitter because it's an easy way to reach people. But come come join us on TikTok at On The Test Pod. It typically, it was supposed to be more about our show, but I'm just enjoying like sharing my dishwasher woes and our, our haunted house stuff. We, I believe, have a new ghost now. Possibly. And I brought it in with a haunted cookie jar that looks like an evil Raggedy Ann. Um, and I guess we got to talk about the one like really horrible thing that's happened. Oh. Um so you all remember we had our purr bucket who would come in and join us sometimes and like purr directly into the mic and rub against the mic with his face. Kind of our unofficial mascot, yeah. our big boy Fezzik. Um, he passed away five weeks ago or so now. Yep. Um, he had developed diabetes. He was going blind. He was doing okay. We did everything we could. We were taking him to the doctors. We did agree that if his quality of life was at risk. We were going to make the hard choice. He made the choice for us. Um, He decided when it was time to go. Uh, We were there with him. His best friend Gigi was with him. I'd never watched a pet die before. And we're we're Googling it. And we'd actually be like, okay, we're going to take him to the vet. But for some reason, we both kind of dragged our feet because I think we knew that he just wanted on his own terms. Yeah. And so... Our podcast mascot, Fezzik, is gone. We did a little tribute to him on our most recent TikTok. So go say your goodbyes to our sweet boy. And if you have the opportunity to help a special needs or senior otherwise supposedly unadoptable cat, we highly recommend it because 
they will love you harder than any other cat, even if they don't show it. Yeah, Fezzik loved everybody and had the best purr, and we were lucky to have him for the years we did. Yes, yes, very much so. Like he came to us, he was like this morbidly obese little dude who he's bigger. He was bigger than a corgi. He didn't know he was scared to jump on things because he's missing that half leg. And by the end, he was running and he was brave and he was happy and he was snuggly. And you know, you gotta have patience. You gotta give them time, and they'll get there. Yeah. So he was a good boy, and we still have the other three. They're still getting used to the new dynamics, but they're doing good. So um, off of that sour note, let's get back to it. All right. Okay. So we have a couple of like unofficial themes on this podcast. And um, this topic is absolutely one of them because it's kind of like a little bit of a cryptid. It's very macabre. And it's also about serial murder. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, About serial murder, uh, colonialism in Africa. And some nearly mythical terror, some pop culture, and specifically, well, not pop culture so much anymore, but it's going to annoy Maddie because there's an Idris Elba movie that she is furious about (laughs) that is a little bit based on this. Is it that weird tiger one? Lion one. Yes. Yeah. It's It's like literally every time she saw the trailer to this, she'd turn to me and say, I can't believe he agreed to make this movie. I, it was always Idris is is better than this. So yes, yeah, I'm going to talk about the man eaters of Savo. Okay. Uh, AKA the Savo lions, AKA the ghost in the darkness. A- I like that last one the best. He said oh. like the, the Savo. Yeah. The Savo lions earlier. I'm like, are we talking about sports again? <laughs> this would be a crazy fucking mascot for a sports team. So yeah. Uh, a pair of lions responsible for the deaths of dozens of railway workers in 1898 and possibly responsible for the deaths of over a hundred people. Okay, the timing on this is bad because Oh, shit! (laughs) Yeah, that's what the problem is in Ohio is they got too many damn lions. uh, And like four other states now. Yeah, it's not trail Yeah, it's not trail derailment train derailments on their own. It's lions. It's lions coming back well, for uh, re- They're ghost lions like ghost you said, lions. and they are taking down the trains that have once offended them. Sorry, and, Ohio. And oh, this is literal lions. It's not like a fun little nickname for like a murderer, you know, the lion. No, no, it's literal lions. Ghost lions. It's just literally a pair of big cats that killed dozens of people. But why are they ghosts? Because one was dark in color and one was paler. So the pale one was the ghost. The darker one was the darkness. I like that so much better. Yeah. So I know I should have saved this twist for later that there's actually lions that were killing people. But that's not how narratives work. And also, it would have been it, things would have been silly. And I feel like Maddie would instantly call me on the ambiguous wording for having to try me trying to disguise the fact that it was two lions that killed over 100 people in, Sava, in the Sava region of Kenya. I mean, there's a podcast... Um... Mr. Something that does that really well. He the entire thing is factual, except at the end there's a twist where he's like, "Remember that moment where this one thing happened? That's actually where things went awry." And we've been hearing everything from the criminal's perspective, <laughs> Mr. Ballin. So I mean, I could just start immediately by telling the story about how two lions killed a bunch of people, and wouldn't that be fun? Just hearing about lions murdering. Well, I've got bad news because this is also the other unofficial theme of our podcast. Uh, genocide? Colonialism, and, oh, which anyway. is kind of related to genocide, really. 
So you're going to have to listen to me talk about how Europeans were inhumanely awful to an entire continent for centuries before we get into a fun animal story. Well, I mean, people died in the animal story, but it's only fun when compared to colonialism. Most things are fun when compared to colonialism. Yeah. So anyway, the Savo is Savo is a region in Kenya along the Savo River near where it meets the Atel Galana Sabaki River. Okay. Uh, in modern times, it's divided into two national parks. But until the British banned the slave trade in the late 19th century, which is, by the way, this was well after they had, like, you know, barred it in England, they were still having the slave trade in their colonies and everywhere else. Slavery history, folks, like, we haven't gotten into it, but it's, it's... I mean, obviously everybody knows it's still happening, but we pretend it stopped when we stopped slavery. No, No. it did not. So yeah, it, it was... Uh, it was called the slaughter by the Kamba people in the area because of the caravans of sub-Saharan African slaves that were constantly crossing the legion, the region. <laughs> so it was just... I was laughing at legion, not, legion, not the topic. It is like, this was a bloody place full of just, it was nightmarish and awful. This entire region, bad. It was just a... Uh, and right after the slave trade was barred, the British government decided that the best thing to do would simply be build a railway through the region as part of a 660-mile railway line connecting Mombasa on the coast of the Indian Ocean to Kimsu on the lake, on the shores of Lake Victoria. Uh, by the way, um, are you yeah. about to talk about how bad I am at geography? So I'm just yes. nodding along, like, yeah. uh huh. So this is on like the east part of Africa, which is the right on the map. The, on the, the right on the map. <laughs> The thought was that if there was a railway there, it would further disrupt the slave trade. Because even though it was barred and banned by the British government, it was still going on. Mm -hmm. They weren't really doing anything to dissuade it. They just said, we're not okay with this anymore, and decided it would fix itself. That is such a government move. I know. Uh, The thought was of this railway, it would make it easier for British troops to make it from the coast, where they already had a strong military presence, to Lake Victoria, where they wanted a strong military presence. Because uh, they wanted more control over coffee, tea, and the fisheries in the area. Because Lake Victoria, in 2015, produced over a million tons of fish, and was the livelihood for about 4 million people. The fishing alone in this lake. It's a big-ass lake. Kind of like what they once had in Ohio before the train derailment. Yes. They, I read something like over 4 million animals were killed during that. It's M- Maybe even high. It might have been 400. I don't know. It's it's a lot of animals. Like, yeah. I'm shocked It's people... so funny. That I love that they've reported, oh, like we're not reporting any more animal deaths. That's because they all died. Yeah. Like, well, we haven't seen any more dead fish. I'm like. It's because all the did fish you are dead. See, like, did you look to see if there were still Are there any ones? living ones left? There aren't. I am shocked that no humans died, as far as we know. Even the driver is still alive. And luckily for him, because I don't think that... I very much doubt this was his fault. I'm Uh, glad we're not talking about current events, because we don't know when this episode's coming out. Oh, you know, this will (laughs) still be going on. And by then, we'll have 30 more trail derailments and 100 more balloons shot down from definitely not aliens. Why would aliens send balloons? (gasps) Is it our birthday? Uh, my birthday's coming up. Yeah. Okay, aliens would send balloons because we would not suspect them to be alien technology. Whoa. Oh, and of course, there was the ivory trade. 
because there was a lot of ivory. Uh, It is estimated that there were 26 million elephants in Africa in the 18th century. Uh, Currently, today, there are fewer than a million. I won't go into it too much, but someone I know had an actual ivory tusk from back in uh, 50 years ago that had been carved into a series of elephants. That's just insulting. They, at the time, did not... I mean, nobody really understood the scope of the problem at that point. And I remember looking at it and thinking how pretty it was because, you know, I was a kid. And in hindsight, it was pretty, but now it's got, like, this whole, like, oh. Yeah. A lot of pretty things. When you stop and think about it. Like, like, if you go to the British Museum, you're like, oh, this is pretty bad. Oh, this this was stolen. Yeah, and of course, on top of exploiting the natural resources in the area... There was also entrenched segregation. Uh, missionaries were flocking into the area to try and erase native culture. And uh, um, they weren't erasing, they were saving them. Yeah. And the colonists were kicking natives off of the most productive land because they weren't using it right. <laughs> this is the actual justification for large parts of colonialism and the seizure of territory from indigenous peoples. And the logic went a little something like this. God made the world for humanity. God wants us to be good stewards of the land. And unless you are farming at an industrial scale and using our God-given modern farming techniques, you aren't really being a good steward of the land and using it right. Now, are you? This is kind of like what we hear whenever they write articles about how millennials are ruining things. You're just not using your money right. What money? It's like, I'm using the money I've got to just pay for cats. I'm using the money I have to buy groceries. Yeah. Uh, Well, the joke's on us because it turns out industrial scale farming was awful for the environment. It's had some serious long-term side effects. And the techniques developed by farmers living in the areas were actually pretty effective and sustainable, largely. Uh, But anyway... The British were making a railroad. Well, if we're actually being really specific, Indian laborers from Punjab were recruited to build the train line. Hilariously, though, while they were recruiting railway workers to build this line, it was at the exact same time they were putting harsh restriction on Indian migrants coming into Africa. Because, of course, they were. It's like, we don't want you moving there, but we do want to pay you a little bit of money to, to like, build a railway for us, then we'll send you home. And you know what's ridiculous about that on top of everything is the Punjabi people as a whole, if you'd been like, hey guys, we really need some help doing this thing that would improve everybody's lives, they would have been like, bet, we'll help. That's great. This wasn't improving anybody's lives. I know. That's the thing. If if that was a real thing, they didn't have to essentially enslave the Punjabi people to make the world better if they they had been making the world better, which of course is a whole other issue. So in March of 1898... When the railway finally started construction around the Savo River region, the lion attacks began. Finally, I get the lion attacks. Uh, Two maneless male lions were killing the railway workers. Now, the fact that they didn't have manes is actually pretty common in, like, the warmer regions. Because the hotter it gets, like, the lions just don't have manes. It is still interesting that that they were the males, though. Because the males are usually not doing any of the hunting. It's the females. Yeah. So... And it's also weird for, like, two male lions to actually be working together, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, there, there's, like, lots of unusual shit happened. Uh, now, the camps were spread out over roughly eight miles along the construction of the railway line. And for months, workers would be dragged out of their tents in the night by the lions and killed. Uh, now, lion attacks are not uncommon. About, like, 200 people a year now die in all of Africa a year 
in lion attacks. In all of Africa. In though. all of Africa. However, this many lion attacks in a small area this frequently is concerning. Mm-hmm. And actually, essentially, even unheard of. Mm-hmm. Now, the uh, newly hired construction manager, John Patterson, decided that he needed to take matters into his own hands and stop the lion attacks because colonial authorities were doing nothing. Um, I thought that they were there to do things correctly. No, they were like, oh, is it affecting us? No? Well, then we don't have to worry about it now, do we? Uh, He tried actually some indigenous techniques for stopping lion attacks. Uh, He built fences out Mm -hmm. of thorny branches around the camps to basically stop the lions. It didn't work. They would actually wriggle their way through them and get into the camps. Uh, They tried lighting big bonfires to essentially scare them off. It didn't work. They still kept attacking. Like in the jungle book with the with the tiger and the fire on his tail. Yeah. Uh, but so the attacks continued for months and they weren't really able to stop them and like hunt. They weren't able to effectively hunt them either. So then after a few months of these attacks, they stopped for a while. But after that, they resumed with more frequency than before. Now, Patterson reported that the lions were attacking local villages during this time. But... The official reports from the colonial authorities mention nothing about these attacks. <laughs> he says they simply didn't care because it was indigenous people dying and not the railway workers. Weren't the railway workers dying? Yes, but <laughs> the they didn't care about the indigenous deaths in the area. They only reported the railway worker deaths. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, but he says it's like, no, there's all these people in these villages dying around this area too of lion attacks. And again... Colonial authorities did not care. It's like, I'd kind of been hoping that it was some kind of like vengeful spirits in the form of lions only, even though the railway workers didn't deserve it, being like, you, this, this group is invading our land. But no, they were going after the indigenous (laughs) ones too. Now, originally when the attack started, it'd be one at a time and they'd be spaced apart by several days. But after like this break in the attacks, um, both lions would enter the attacks at the same time and the attacks, uh, the frequency of the attacks escalated very quickly. This is some serial killer shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, usually the bodies would be found disemboweled with only the softest choice morsels of the people eating. Yeah. Uh, the lions were picky eaters. Uh, also, some reports, now these were from newspapers at the time, which, like, this is sensational journalism, so we don't know actually how much of this is true or not, were reporting that they lapped up the blood, too. So these were corpses drained of their blood. Wait, are these what chupacabras actually are? Lions? Maybe. I mean, big, like, exotic pets escape. Mm-hmm. And these are maneless lions, so people might not recognize them. Mm-hmm. Ooh, chupacabra's a lion, folks. You hear it here first. <laughs> yeah, so the attacks were escalating until they were happening nearly every night. Um, even, like, a different district manager and his assistant were attacked by the lions at a train station. Um, the assistant was killed... And the manager barely escaped, and he had long claw lacerations along his back from the attack. Oh, so we're talking more like demons, like Zach Bagans. Yeah, like Zach Bagans. It was at this point the British decided it was time to take action. But not because of the loss of life or the suffering of the railway workers. No, no, no. It's because the workers were afraid, and they were quitting, and they were leaving. They weren't even quiet quitting. They were just going for it. Yeah, it's like... This it's was like, you're not paying, you are not paying me enough to potentially get eaten by a lion. How much would you have to get paid to potentially get eaten by a lion, assuming you're not a zookeeper? Oof, it'd be a lot of money. It's like, you're going to be doing this job, but there's also a lion that shows up from it's time like, to time. like, we're talking like six figures at a minimum. 
So like a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. I don't think that's enough. I mean, all I guess all you have to do is run faster than a slower person. It's true. Oh no, I'm doomed. <laughs> and you, because like most jobs, you don't have to sleep at. Yeah. So yeah, it's because they were leaving. This was delaying an already very expensive project. I couldn't find an exact number, but it was enough money that co- that the parliament at the time was starting to fuss about how much this project was costing. And do we really need to build a railway in the middle of Africa? I'm sorry, the word fuss is just so perfect here. Yes. So the authorities who are pro-railway decided, okay, we need to finish this as quickly as possible, so we need to do something about these lions. So the uh, other British officials arrived to assist with the hunt, and they brought with them 20 Indian soldiers that had experience in hunting animals to assist them. So just brought in. So wait, now they're saying they are doing something right? Who knows? So uh, so after the month of the killings, Patterson and the British started to hunt the lions. Their early attempts to trap the lions or ambush them from treetops failed. Then on December 9th, 1898, roughly six months after the attack started, Patterson was able to shoot one of the lions, but he only managed to wound it before it ran away. Later that night, though, the lion returned to stalk Patterson. See, I'm starting to think more and more that these are some African variant on the skinwalkers. Like, they're people during the day, and then they're like, or werewolves. Maybe. But it's... So, then he shot it again, and they found it dead the next day near his shooting stand. I don't appreciate that. Uh, 20 days later, Patterson killed the other lion... After shooting at it for six nights in a row, uh, they had managed to hit it 11 times before it died. Patterson claims the lion was still gnawing, gnawing on the tree underneath him, trying to reach him even after it was fatally wounded. Yeah, you pissed it off. Now, these were big lions. One was over nine feet long, which is about 50% larger than the average lion. I'm telling you, these are not lions. It took eight men to carry the body. This, these are not lions. Uh, Patterson's story was widely circulated, and he became a bit of a celebrity. Like, are we 100% sure the story is real? Yeah, 100% sure this was real. Like, they, did they measure them and be like, look at these lions? Oh, well, I'm going to get to that. Okay. Uh, he went to write several books about his time in Africa and about the man-eaters of Savo. Um, he also made rugs... Out of the lions. No. But he decided it was too much trouble toting these things around. So he ended up selling them to the Field Museum in Chicago for $5,000. We've been there. Were they still there? Yep. The museum properly taxidermied them and they are still on display. We must have seen them then. We, just... we absolutely saw them. We have a picture of us with them. Did we look horrified in the picture? You look bored. It's like, what the fuck are these lions? Because it's not a good taxidermy because they've been rugs for a while. Um... So and it's I like, also hate taxidermy. Yeah. I, I can understand on an intellectual level how taxidermy, not rugs, is art, but it doesn't mean I have to like it. Yeah. So yeah, actually, I have notes in here. It's like, pause to see if Maddie remembers seeing these. Um, I've probably blocked it out of my mind as I have with most dead animals I have had to look at. Yeah. So you might be wondering how two lions operating in a small area could have killed over 100 people in a matter of months. They weren't lions. Well... The actual number of deaths, we will never know. Uh, some experts claim that it was only 28 to 35 people that died. 
Patterson says he based his over 100 number on unofficial reports from the natives in the area that were not included in the official numbers used by colonial authorities. You know, that's fair. I'm glad he did that. Yeah. So we may never actually know how many people they killed. But even 35 to 50 is a yeah. lot. So you might be wondering why these lions decided to kill so many people. There are a lot of theories about this. They're not lions. Yeah. Uh, one, they're not lions. Two, disease had actually killed a lot of their native natural prey in the region. And the lions might have had to turn to eating people out of desperation. Yeah, in general, animals are not interested in people. And they found us to be also easier prey than wildebeest. Two, this had been heavily, area had been heavily trafficked route by slave traders until just a couple of years before these attacks started. Um, and the slaves that became sick or injured while they were being marched across this barren wasteland... What? Or just couldn't keep up, were simply left to die. So... Lions and animals in the area had become accustomed to eating sick and wounded people in the area. Yeah, and that's very different from a dog developing a taste for blood. Like, it actually become a food source. It's like, oh, yeah, we know that we can eat these. We know how to hunt these. This is fine. Yeah. Uh, three, this is a different theory. Uh, the burial practices of the Indian workers could have left partially uncremated body parts behind for the lions to eat. And they could have figured out people were delicious by eating these remains. Uh, this one feels a little bit like bullshit, but it's... Yeah. I mean, because they also would have... Because they were cremated. Yeah. Um, and even though, even if there were parts left, they would have been cooked. It would have tasted, tasted yeah. different. That's my argument here, apparently. But there's a scientific reason that the Field Museum did discover. Uh-huh. That they weren't lions. One of the lions had an abscessed tooth. Uh-huh. And that was probably causing him pain. And because people are soft and tender compared to their natural prey... Yeah. It was easier for him to consume people than it was for him to hunt and chew through a wildebeest. Poor lion. Because people are basically mashed potatoes for lions. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so he just needed some dentistry. He needed some dentistry. So yeah, that was the Savo lions. They weren't lions. They weren't lions? They were lions. They were not lions. They were like werewolves or something. Yep. They were just large lions that liked to eat people and killed a bunch of people. They're cryptids or something else that is paranormal. So, are you ready for some questions? I am. All right. Will the British limiting Indian migration to Africa while simultaneously recruiting Indian railway workers be on the test? Yes. Will us not knowing how many people the lions killed because the British didn't think reporting natives' deaths was important be on the test? Yes. Now, I want to. I also want to like add though. I am assuming that these tests are not in Florida. <laughs> Will people being the lion equivalent of Frisky's wet food be with tooth problems for lions with tooth problems be on the test? Yeah, that's a logical thing to have on there. Um, I demand sponsorship from Frisky's for this, by the way. <laughs> Pay me for my good ideas, you cowards. <laughs> yeah, between this and influencing, we are yeah. on top of it. We will influence your competitors. Yes. And uh, will the generations of strife left behind as a legacy of colonization in Africa be on the test? <laughs> no. Yeah, that was my that was my awful little horrifying story about man-eating lions and somehow the British government being worse. Yeah, okay, so the guy who legit did an episode on werewolves will not even entertain the idea that these I were mean, were-lions. We, sh we shot them. We have their skins. They didn't find anything weird about them. They... We're like, you hunted me. I'm coming for you. Yeah. And it's not like he was up close, like punching him in the nose. He was far enough away that he was shooting him. Oh, I also forgot. Um, not only is there this Idris Elba movie, 
But they did make another like movie in the 90s called The Ghost in the Darkness that was a dramatization of this. Uh-huh. And I remember it actually being pretty good. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who was in it mm-hmm. or anything about it. I just remember like my little middle school self watching this movie on VHS thinking, oh boy, this movie rocked. It's like also, also, if it's a werewolf situation, if they're killed in animal form, they could remain in animal form if they're dead. All right. Uh, counterpoint, they did not use any silver bullets killing these things. Not all werewolves in similar lore require silver bullets. And also, like I said, I'm leaning more towards them being like the Native American um, superstitions. Yeah. Which are, you know, much larger than they should be, uh, seem to be capable of recognizing individual people, including ones they like and ones they dislike, uh, immune to bullets to a certain extent. Yeah. I'm telling you, these are not lions. They are the ghost and the darkness. Yes. They are monsters, they are demons, and they haunted a region of Africa. And honestly, we could probably use that again. Just our bullets are worse now. We need them to have stronger skin. We need at least like 50 wild boars. I think what we really need to do is we need to give the lions some sort of advantage. I'm saying they need to have like drones with knives strapped to them that they control with their minds. Like Predator. Like Predator. Oh, speaking of drones, there was just a thing where a like a community got together to save a cat that was stuck on top of an electrical pole with a like I think a laundry basket and a drone (laughs) they flew it up and they were like get in the basket kitty and the cat was like okay and got in the basket and they flew it back down that's amazing because uh contrary to what we learned from 1950s tv shows firefighters almost never come out for cats that are stuck I have watched somebody climb up like a 50 foot tree to get a cat down before it is terrifying all right um so we are hoping to be back on a regular basis. It's going to be like this where it's one of us and the other one responding. We have found in the past that the episodes where we have done that have done the best. And also it really lets us get a chance to dive into things a little bit more. Oh, yeah. We are still planning on our every other week schedule. We are going to try to be responsible adults and record ahead of time, but there's no guarantees there. That's like, honestly... I don't think it's ever going to happen. <laughs> we're literally doing it right now. I'm having trouble believing it, even though we're doing it. Like, I'm charging my thing downstairs at the second, ready to talk about my topic. I don't remember much about it because I wrote it a few weeks ago. <laughs> it's okay. Um, This one, by the way, uh, peek behind the curtain. I wrote this for Halloween. It like, is it's, March. It's been... It's February. Thank you. It's been a rough few months, folks. Like, I'm not going to get into it. And I'm the reason we we took off for a while, even though, like, this has been my project. This is my thing. Austin's just kind of here. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I've been having way more, like, rigorous classwork. Yeah, Austin's doing really well in school. I'm on the honor roll. And there's a <laughs> scam society that's trying to get me to give them money because I'm smart. So I'm so smart, people are trying to scam me. So boom. <laughs> yeah austin's doing well in school i'm back to having a job i really like and i'm going on my first ever like real business trip this week which i'm terrified but i'm very excited and it really is like fly in one day fly out the next and i'm like whoa i feel like Uh, a grown-up for the first time and i'm about to turn 37 it's okay and that means i get to stay home play video games and eat pizza on the couch we always eat on the couch I know, but now I can do it without feeling guilt. Yeah, I'm kind of allergic to pizza. Not all pizza. Um, okay, pizza's a broad thing. I'm kind of allergic to a lot of pizza sauces. Um, and it's very exciting. 
Uh, I am, as a child of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Home Alone, pizza is like the staple food that brings me comfort. And it's been very painful for me. Okay, I'm imagining like a literal child of a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. And I would guess, you know, Catherine O'Hara. Oh no, we left Michelangelo at home. (laughs) Those burglars are fucked. Also, I highly recommend you return to our H.H. Holmes episode. H.H. Holmes alone. Because I do think that was A, one of our best episodes, and B, one of the best jokes we've ever made. And also, I've gotten better at Photoshop. I should redo the H.H. Holmes alone thing. Yeah, he has gotten pretty good at Photoshop. Or, hey, um, listener, if you want an H.H. Holmes alone t-shirt, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> I like that you did listener single. We actually have no idea how many of you are still here after this time. I hope you're like me with like Ghost in the Burbs where you just leave it there in hopes that she returns, <laughs> which she did this week, folks. If you are like, if you deleted that, it's like, she's not coming back. Ghost in the Burb- Ghosts in the Burbs is back. If you've never listened to it. Get it now because it's the best. Um, so where can people potentially find us? Oh god. Okay, so you can find us on TikTok at on the test pod. Yep, that's, that's the number like one. We're around the most. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash on the test pod, Instagram at on the test pod, and if you must, Twitter if at you on the must test pod. Twitter. Ugh. Yeah, I um I got I it makes me I loved Twitter. It's where I would get my news, which I know sounds insane, but it was like up to the second, like January 6th. I was not watching news channels. I was watching Twitter because people were there. They were like, what See, the I hell? Was, uh, it's like I was I was at work. And so we just kind of like had like we were. It was like was, 9-11 all over again in terms yeah, of everyone everything I worked stopped. with, like picked a different like news source. I think I was on NPR and like other coworkers. My other news on, sources yeah. all kept going out. Like they kept glitching out and stopping, but. Twitter never stopped. But now it'd be like, we can't let them know that this is happening because I agree with this. Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. Here's some more influencing. So Elon Musk apparently uh, changed the Twitter algorithm because people, because his tweets weren't first. Mm -hmm. And because a Joe Biden tweet got more liked than his. So he got real mad. So he had them change the algorithm. So his were always first. So what are you influencing there? I don't think it's really influencing so much as me complaining about an idiot. Ugh, I wish idiots weren't smart. Yeah. Well, the thing is, he's not. He just hires smart people and takes credit for their smart ideas. And see, that's the thing. I respect people who do that so long as they admit that they're that this is a team effort. Like, it was I love this is why I liked Andrew Yang, who is a smart person. But he would go in and be like, they'd ask him a question and he'd go, I don't know the answer, but that's why I get to hire people who do. And I'm like, that was such a breath of fresh air having a presidential candidate go, I don't know, but that's why I hire people. I'm really good at hiring people who actually know what they're doing and they're there as a support system. No decision should be made unilaterally. I'm like, except for student loan relief, which is going to the courts probably the day this comes out. And I'm scared. I also have a plan. Joe Biden, call me up. I have a plan that I think everyone will agree on. Jill, call her up. She has a plan everyone will probably agree on. Yeah, Jill, call me because I think that you might actually be the one to make a good decision here. I have a plan that everyone will like. Call me. Maybe. Hey, I just met you. And this is crazy. But here's my number. So, on that note. Class class dismissed. dismissed. That was a good fucking segue. (laughs)